0: Cameron, Arr! I had another uh, non-alcoholic IPA, and and they're technically not beers. They are they're made of, they're hop tea. They're tea made with hops. This is a hazy IPA, and it also tasted pretty good. I am really enjoying the fact that I have found a new thing to make part of my personality, and I could be annoying about.
1: That's good. That's basically you know the American dream at this point. Yeah. Are you going to share the name of this one that you found that you like so much?
0: Oh, um, I took a picture of it and my phone's in the other room, so I don't know the All name right. off the top of my head.
1: All right. So this okay. is now
0: a bad story.
1: Um, I uh, I guess it's important to disclose we are being sponsored. Oh, since, you know, that was such a, a great ad read. <laughs> Clearly, you're paid for it. Uh, yeah, Um, I'm sorry,
0: uh, sponsor. <laughs> I'll do it again next week. But you have to send me another can just to make sure. Do you think they'll buy it?
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. All the we're way to the this. bank. Chad, to you
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, it's interesting. This week has been better than last week by probably a decent margin just like on vibes alone. But I'm trying to... I, I feel like last week I had more little things that made me happy to talk about than this week, whereas this week I'm just like, yeah, it's pretty good and... Didn't do too many crazy things. It was kind of normal. I just wasn't miserable for most of it, which is great.
1: Yeah, I think that's good enough. There's nothing wrong yeah. with not being miserable.
0: Sometimes the bar is low, and you know what? You clear it, and you're happy.
1: How about you, Cam? How's your week been? Uh, I want to say it's okay. I don't think I've done anything super special. Uh, it has been really fun enjoying Warcraft again. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, um the guild uh we're actually now we're like top fifty eighth on the server. Is that a lot? Our, I
0: can't I don't know what the yeah. population of like wow guilds is on any given server. Like are there yeah, thousands know, that's a good or question. are there only
1: like two hundred? Um I mean I, I don't know, but our goal was a hundred. And so the oh. fact that we surpassed it by that much, uh GM's real happy. Nice. Um let me see. But, uh, I, I mean, it just the game kind of feels fun right now. Like, I've been hopping in on alts. I've been chatting with people in the guild chat. And it's like, boy, I haven't played this in a while. <laughs> it's been a couple expansions.
0: It's funny. You said GM, and I know that means guildmaster, but I immediately thought
1: General Motors and then
0: General Manager.
1: I'm curious here if I can sort to bottom. Who's the worst Okay, so on Moonguard, I guess there's like 166 guilds that have done the raid. So I guess that's not um, a whole lot. Still top third, basically. It's still, yeah, I think that's pretty good. And this is counting Horde and Alliance, too.
0: Oh, okay. And the fact that most of you probably have like day jobs and other hobbies and things to do. Like, you can't devote your whole fucking, you know, time to raiding and WoW, so...
1: Yeah, and, and that's actually another thing, is that it's been kind of nice how, um... that The group's not super try-hard. Uh, when when something comes up, like, hey guys, I'm sorry I can't make it this week, because blank. The response has always been, oh man, I understand. It's, it's never, nice. like, drama. <laughs> Just the noise... So yeah, it's uh that part's been fun. The content's been fun. I like flying around real fast. I like uh the the raids. Uh, I, the, the raids actually a lot of fun. I think the bosses are interesting. They're not too bad. There's a couple towards the end that get complicated enough that it it's like okay, I feel like I'm doing something wrong, but I don't even mean, you know what. Um, for the most part, they're interesting. It's got to be interesting. To me. wow, I mean, WoW is so old now.
0: You know, how do you keep making new bosses that kind of work on the same mechanics
1: that have all been present since day one? I would love yeah, to be. Yeah, and you know, that's a good question. A fly in that room when they yeah, design. Really. Uh, there is this one cool one where it's a giant spider, but you're like you're you walk in the entrance and you're like at the bottom of this big cave. And the cave has this walkway that spirals up towards the top. And uh, in the center of the cave, like, the big spider's there, and it's, like, hanging down from a web. And it summons more spiders and shoots a web and stuff. And basically, over the course of the fight, you have to you have to fight it while you're, like, climbing this ramp up to the top. Oh, that sounds fun. And then at the very top, it gets off the web and lands on this platform, and you're basically, you're cornered on just this narrow bridge uh, and you're doing like this like final fight. And it, it kind of feels like the Balrog or something where there's like, you're there's movement and chasing and there's parts where it's like, everyone hold on. Ah, okay. Run, run, run. And all these different things happen. And it has a cinematic quality to it where I don't think it gets in the way of the gameplay, but it's this thing where I feel like people are going to remember this for a couple of raid tiers. Yeah. You know, it's not just standing in a circle and then there's a part where you explode. So they are coming up with ideas and I do applaud the effort.
0: It, it kind of reminds me like the last major raid I remember doing was in wrath and it was just like a Colosseum, and you kill the boss and then another boss came and you know, it was, it was so stripped down and there's a certain level of like, well, return on investment is here cause it doesn't take that long to run it. But the, uh, the imagination was like not it, it, it felt like such a chore to do to do that raid
1: I like I think some of my favorite uh bosses in Final Fantasy they're not even like that interesting mechanically it's more like there's an emotional moment there's a cut scene that plays during the boss fight where it's like wow this is such a good story which yeah. objectively gets in the way of the gameplay part. <laughs>
0: yeah wow didn't have a lot of that which in some ways is a shame because there's a lot of cool lore to World Warcraft and I know there are cool stories within it if you care but
1: you know what, I though, guess by Arthas the end I cool. never did um I think that whole uh the Lich King raid is really really good from beginning to end okay I don't know um.
0: I yeah, uh, so uh, we had a topic. I don't know if we want to jump into that um or keep keep randomly vamping.
1: Uh No, I do. Okay. Cuz you came up with a good topic and I found it very funny how uh you pitched it and right away I was like, "Oh yeah, let's do that." And within 5 minutes I was starting to wonder like, "Well, maybe we can't do this."
0: Yeah, so the Oh, I guess the listeners will know, if it depending on how we title this, but top five cartoons. Uh, not anime, not adult cartoons was like the rule. So just regular ass cartoons. And I thought this would be kind of easy to do because I watch a lot. I like a lot of them. Surely I can whittle this down to five. No problem. Turns out bit of a problem when it was like, maybe we need to wait two weeks to think this through. I'm like, I can't believe <laughs> we're such man children. And then I'm like, oh, let's get our friends involved because they all like cartoons. I'm like, Emily, what's your top five? And she's like, uh... When do you need this by? And then my friend in my writer's group named Haru is kind of the same way. He's like, how long do I have? Because I have to think about this. And it's funny to be in a position where I have such a strong nostalgic connection to the cartoons I loved when I was younger. And I have a, a strong connection to the good stuff coming out now that I'm actively watching that it's like, wow, there's a lot of really good stuff to talk about. It's kind of exciting to be like enthusiastic and happy, but then you're you know chipping ones away going well i don't really want to cut this one but that first season kind of pissed me off so maybe you know not it it it's just it's been a really interesting back and forth i know you said richard got his five to you really fast hi richard
1: hi richard uh yeah i couldn't think of five and i thought wow this is this is gonna be rough and you suggested we should ask our friends so i said hey richard uh do you have a list of your five favorite cartoons And he was at work in the middle of making a sandwich at the deli. And he literally, like, threw half the sandwich in the customer's face and pulled out his phone and typed out Rand Stimpy, Real Ghostbusters, Batman, Animated Series, X Men, Animaniacs. Like, within five seconds of me sending that message.
0: I love that list, by the way, because none of my friends throw Batman the Animated Series, and I didn't. And I was like, I feel like someone's got to wrap Batman the Animated Series on this podcast. Uh, so the fact that he did and Animaniacs also makes me happy.
1: Yeah, it's, and we're gonna, we're gonna get into this, uh, soon, but my problem was I can think of things I like, but I'm talking about, you know, a top five list. If I want it to be like the top, I feel like I have to rate it on the whole. And so what I started doing was like, I think of something and I think, ah, but what about the bad episodes? Or would I actually want to go back and rewatch this? And even though I have like high memories, I found myself eliminating stuff left and right. Uh, with Batman, uh, spoiler: Batman didn't make my list because like half the seasons are awful. Like there was a point where they kind of like <laughs> I don't know they changed the budget or something, and it's like oh yeah I guess I only like the first season. Oh sure. As as amazing and perfect as those first two seasons are, <laughs> you, there's some of this other stuff where it got messy, and it's like, boy, I like the Arkham games more.
0: There's two some of the cartoons that have gone on for a very long time, like um, SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents, where they have like seasons that are amazing, kind of like The Simpsons. People, are, oh, I love The Simpsons; it's my favorite show. But I'm talking about seasons, you know, one through seven. And, and then maybe like a random season 12 or something like that. you know that you end up cherry picking a bit. And so I, I ran into that uh, when I was doing this too, where what what do you do when you're like, hey, I love the show a lot, but I have a cutoff point and then anything after that is either fine or bad. Does it make the list? Because I know when I pit, when I pitched the idea, there weren't a lot of rules, and so I was like, you know what? I guess this is going to be really open to interpretation. We'll see how people handle it.
1: So you you mentioned maybe guessing. Do you want to try and guess my list before we start sharing?
0: Yeah, I think I think I I think I'm going to bat pretty well, but I could be totally wrong. So I think Cameron's top five is Ren and Stimpy, Invader Zim, Steven Universe. Oh, I should have fucking wrote these down. What the hell were the other two? Um, uh, I I want to say like He Man. You've talked about that a bit and really and and seemed to be pretty enthusiastic. I'll I'll leave the interpretation which version of He Man. And then oh, there was one other one that I knew was like I feel I felt was like a sure end, and I can't fucking remember what it is. Um. Let's go. I had I had A and B and C options and I'm forgetting all of them as I as I stammer the shit out of this. Ah damn it!
1: Well, I think uh, I I want to say you got one of them right. Really, only one. And I want to. So this was hard. And like I said, I was being I was becoming very picky. Okay. And I was starting to discount stuff, (laughs) you know. Uh, So I have a top five list, and then I have my runners-up. Because if I thought of a cartoon, I would write it down and then bump it off the list. Okay. So on my runners-up list, I have Invader Zim, which didn't make the cut because I forgot about it. And until you just now reminded me of it. So I figure that doesn't count if I didn't remember it. Fair. Um, I have Ren and Stimpy. Uh, Ren and Stimpy didn't make the cut. It, it, this is hard and I almost didn't cut it, but uh, like, it's that, uh, the art and the artist thing where like, it's just annoying me enough where it's like, I don't think it's top five. Sure. I want to put it number six on the list, you know? Yeah. Uh, As much as I love it and it informed a lot of my style. Uh, but I also have Hey Arnold, uh, recess, Herculoids, Darkwing Duck, Beast Wars and the Flintstones on my runners up.
0: Okay. That's a good runners up list.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm gonna have fun talking about my five that I did pick. But the for Flintstones yours. Flintstones was
0: gonna be one of my
1: fucking guesses for you too. Oh, that's see, and see that's the thing. I'm surprised how well you did. If if you count like all the candidates, you actually hit a lot of marks there. Um but for you, is uh Gravity Falls? Yeah. I'm gonna say uh Tom and Jerry. Yeah. The Fairly odd parents. No. That was on the um, runner up. Okay, that surprised me more than the other ones. Uh I'm gonna say that one with the frogs. No, but that was also on the runner up. Okay. And I'm gonna say the live action version of cats. <laughs> I didn't consider it, but it is it is animated
0: enough. Um, yeah, you did pretty well. I, I feel like I am, I'm not that hard to read. Uh, I, I well, <laughs> so my runner ups were, uh, Steven Universe, Amphibia, uh, Codename Kids Next Door, Ed Ed Nettie, oh. and, uh, uh Fairly Odd Parents. I was really, I think was,
1: was also kind of on there too. I know, <laughs> Fairly Odd Parents, man, there's some highlights, but also you look at that, uh, Simpsons long tail Yeah. And it just kind of, it hurts the overall, but yeah, let's, um, let, let's go into our fives. Do you want to go first?
0: Yeah. So my, uh, my five. top five is, uh, the first is the, 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 so in the five slot is the owl house, which just finished up. And, uh, this is a really interesting one to put on here because i I recently watched season three and season three was cut off at the knees because the show is largely canceled. And then they were given like three 45 minute specials is a consolation prize to end the story. And they did a really good job with what they had, but you could tell it was kind of rushed. But like Peak Owl House, so first first two seasons is just some fantastic like isekai uh going to wizard school uh st- storytelling. It's so fun, it's so charming. I love all of the character writing a lot. It is the animation is great. You can tell like the fight scenes are inspired by anime, so they're really over the top and dumb. And it just does a lot of things really well while telling this big overarching story and going interesting places with it. And I think like Steven Universe and, and Amphibia do these things as well. And so it was really hard picking between those three and being, like, which, which one is the one that hits the top five. And ultimately, I think Owl House did a lot of similar things that Amphibia did, but it did it better. And then Steven Universe, like, I love that show, but to me, the bad episodes are almost unwatchable, and that kind of
1: brings it down. So that brings me to my number five, which is Steven Universe. Good pick. Uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, I I think it's it's funny that we both kind of had that in the same spot, more or less. Yeah. And I again, like I kept waffling <laughs> either Ren and Stimpy or Steven Universe is my number five. And the reason I leaned to Steven Universe was partially because I still sing the songs, even though I haven't actually watched it in a long time. They're fucking catchy songs. There, yeah. There's something with that show where, like, if we're on a VR chat and then someone has like a Steven Universe avatar, it's kind of like, "Oh, cool!" And I want to take my picture with Pearl and say, "Hi, Pearl, I love you," and I and I give her a hug, and then and then Pearl looks at me and says, "Hello, little man." Because it's a man <laughs> playing pearl, and it's um, it's just it's something that where, and and it's funny because this uh, shares with Invader Zim. I love the palette, like artistically, the characters are very simple, which makes them fun to draw and experiment with. Yeah, and it's very pretty. Like you can take man, I I know, uh, like we both like animation cells, and it's like I want to get an animation cell and frame it on the wall or something. But really, if I could get Invader Sam or Steven Universe backgrounds, like I want those as prints. Oh, sure. um, Steven Universe backdrops are amazing. I I feel less annoyed by the bad episodes than you are. Uh, there are some bad episodes, but they don't feel like they drag down the show. It's just kind of like, ah, eh, you could skip one or two here and get into this fun one.
0: And also, like,
1: that last season where they kind of, like, did a time skip and then people seemed to get more sour on it. I didn't mind any of those. So, I think I like it more than some people do anyways. Sure. Oh, Regular Show is another of my guesses for you. Uh, Yeah, so, Regular Show, if there were only, like, 50 episodes, man, number one show. How smart. When, When they got to, like, their, like, 300th anniversary episode... And I'm like, cripes, guys. I did not know
0: that show had been going on that long. I thought it only had, like, two or three seasons. Um, Well, they...
1: I mean, they did, but they were, like, short. They're very short episodes.
0: Oh, sure, sure, sure.
1: what they did was... I I thought it was going to end at 100. And they did their 100th episode special, where it was, like, the Avengers crossover of all the characters, like, meeting up for episode 100. And when they did that for, like, the episode 200 special, it's like, I'm out. I it's uh it was very cute when they would introduce new things because it was a lot of mystery and randomness but once these things became recurring characters it's like this is no longer interesting to see them show up because we know them already sure like when uh who is the yeti what's his name uh skips skips when, like, Skips goes off to do some weird ritual, and then they interrupt him, so they get teleported to a-, a baby dimension with these giant floating babies, and it's like, what's going on? But those, like, babies show up, like, 80 times.
0: Oh, that's And they always lame. have
1: some, like, cosmic mystery, and it's like, no, I want to see them once and never explain it away. And go, like, what was that about? And he's like, ah, I'll tell you guys later. And leave it at that. Yeah. Um... I want to ask you what your number four is, but okay. before I do that, you know who else has a number four? Who? My mom.
0: <laughs> Yay, references. I bet there will be a couple of those in this one. Probably. Uh, my number four is Chowder. Oh, which Ooh, I forgot about Chowder. That's I a good one. I haven't seen... I haven't seen Chowder in a little while, but I have such good memories of this show. And this is one I think this was on like between 2009 and 2010 or maybe is a little bit. I was in college, I believe, when this was on. And so this was a cartoon where, like I would get home from college or get up in the morning and either watch it before I went to school or got watch it after I came home from school while being old enough to like drink. At least that's the time slot I remember watching. it. It is possible I caught it like on its second airing, but I, I'm. Pretty sure I didn't, uh, but that show is so, it's so funny, and it's so whimsical, and I, I remember, like, I think the creators kind of, like, described it as, we want to be, like, as magical as Harry Potter, but about something totally different, so we picked cooking, and and it it really kind of hits that, where it's just so weird, but whimsical and fun, and, and you never know what they're gonna do, and Chowder as a character is just chaos incarnate in this world, and it all... The comedy is so snappy works really well. I love like all the character designs. It's one of those shows that Joe and I will, like, accidentally quote at each other. We don't really know we're doing
1: it just because we've seen it so much. <laughs> I I picture you, like, in the morning, you're, like, making waffles or something. And Joe comes in and says, rada, rada, rada. And you're like, yeah, what was that from? <laughs> oh, I to this day, though, I will... And if anyone else encourages me, which is the problem, I will recreate that whole would I bit. Oh, nice. And I will just not stop. Like if, if they're doing it, I'm committing to and it sure, becomes sure. a game of chicken. <laughs> um. Yeah, that show was that show was smart. I love the art direction. I love the style. It was very interesting. Uh, the comedy was spot on. I love all the characters. <laughs> I who was that weird? They had that one really good customer. Um, oh yeah, I can't remember. But his assistant was uh, Fogwa. and he and he had the, he was like a weird tomato balloon. Like it was such a weird concept with a belt that was too tight. So he had this like figure eight snowman body, yep. and he would just be like infinitely amused by anything. And I just I always loved that character.
0: There's like weird yeah, little just, things. Just wonderful. I remember about the show, like there's one where uh, Mungdal is like competing with another chef who's got a catchphrase and Mungdal keeps trying to find his own as he's like cooking things (laughs) not as well and he thinks it's like because he doesn't have a a catchphrase and at one point he just says fleetle deedle and for whatever reason like that sticks with me and I'll like randomly remember that you know syllable set and I think at the end like Chowder ends up saying like a curse word and like uh you know, gets everybody in trouble and that's like the last joke is he swears in uh, some version of their
1: language I like that finale do you remember how they ended that show I actually don't Um, I can't remember the exact circumstances that did this but like Chowder was procrastinating on something so he just like mentally checked out accidentally for 30 straight years It's like like he just stood there like holding a vowel for thirty years, and so the final episode is him like finishing his sentence, and then he's an adult and everyone else is around him as an adult, and he, uh, he married the pink rabbit and they had like five kids together, and the, the restaurants closed and like, like all these things where he was dealing with that he lost basically like the better years of his life. Yeah. And all the other characters were all, like, kind of tired and checked out because it was kind of this, like, it was kind of this passive-aggressive, yeah, we got canceled, eh, in a very funny way. Nice. Um, It was, yeah, it, it was such a dumb joke that they executed perfectly.
0: I feel like that show was, like, that, that was, like, the thesis of that show was, like, the dumb joke we executed perfectly because there was a lot of those.
1: I also think if we did a uh, a top ten list of just, like, openings, I really like that song. That's a memorable one.
0: What the hell is... Ch- I don't... I haven't heard it in so long.
1: I don't listen to it now. Oh, so you, you take the moon and you take the sun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You take anything that sounds like fun. You no, that, that is a really good one. And then you're done. <laughs> just come on in. Do a little looking. Yeah, a while because something's always cooking. Cameron, what is your number four? My number four, uh, this is an odd one that you might think shouldn't be on the list, but I'm going to say Reboot.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Uh, Have you ever seen Reboot?
0: I have. Actually, the last time I watched Reboot, it was a bit ago now um, because I'm pretty sure I was still living... In my parents house so it's definitely been like let's say 10 years but i remember drinking and doing it and being like holy shit this show is actually like really funny there are so many stupid puns in everything everybody is saying i didn't remember that as a kid so i remember watching it as a kid and thinking it was awesome because it was animated and there was cool fighting and then i watched it as an adult and i'm like this show is fucking stupid i kind of i kind of dig it
1: i think uh it's it's one of these shows that's very much of its time.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh it dates itself heavily, but I remember being so utterly fascinated with it because they would tell stories. <laughs> like it was a it was an interesting kind of adventure where it's like every week it's like oh I want to actually know what happens next. And I remember uh for there was this one school year where I I could only see reboot it would be at like 6:30 in the morning. And my routine was, in order to get to school at time, I have to leave at 6.50, which meant I would watch Reboot and never see the ending. Oh, no. And it was interesting, because you think that would become frustrating and I would give up, but it was like every week, it was kind of like, oh, I wonder how they did it. And I just, I couldn't wait to find out someday. It, you know, it, like, something about it really pulled me in, even though I couldn't finish an episode. Uh, The later seasons, where they would kind of, like, grow up the story a bit, and it was less about, like, a monster of the week, and it, it was more like an adventure, I found interesting also, because it felt like the writers were developing uh, the same way that the CGI was developing, because they would get better at doing things also, and, and the character designs, and it's like, that first season almost doesn't compare to the later season, where i i think they actually almost make a joke where they bring back like someone's old model and uh, that's like lower poly count and they talk about how like uncanny and weird it is even though the new one's still uncanny and weird it's like a very self-aware kind of joke sure um but yeah reboot was that cgi show about like inside a computer and it didn't really make sense and they they would have these interesting moments where like a a game would start and they had to be in the game and fight the the computer user, but it would always be something different. So sometimes it'd be like a Mad Max thing and they're on a train doing this whole like Mad Max, uh, like fuel run thing, or they do like a zombie thing and it's like evil dead as a parody. And then they do another one where it's like a mortal Kombat fighting game. And it was just, it was interesting how they could keep it fresh because you never really know what the episode's going to be about. I love, two cuz
0: then they then they like run a diner or something like as their day job.
1: Yeah, there was I a diner. Was... Yeah. I also liked The Bad Guys cuz there were there really were two cool. main villains. They were both like computer viruses was the hook. And there was Megabyte who was like the the you know, Cobra Command kind of super villain and then there was Hexadecimal who was the like chaotic like weird kind of villain. So they could tell different kinds of stories that way and they could get trippy with it or they could just be a big like brawl with a you know evil Bowser in his castle kind of a thing and it was just like they they had a lot of fun with these characters and I <laughs> I don't know I don't think they ever finished the show uh that has a long history of just funding issues and someone will pick it up and then drop it right away and pick it up and drop it right away uh at one point there was a season where they introduced a new virus who, was who Damon. Do you remember her? I do not. Damon. And I think when they beat her or, or whatever, like somehow that resulted in resurrecting megabyte, but they had this new redesigned a megabyte where he looked even more scary. And one of my favorite gags ever is uh, like the, the, sh- the episodes closing out and like, but what are we going to do now that megabytes back? It's like, well, it's important that we don't start a, a panic. And then up on the skyscraper, there's, like, a big TV newscast thing. It's like, attention, everyone. Um, you know, Megabytes returned. Now, don't be alarmed, but please call the police if you see anyone that looks like this. And what they displayed was this, like, concept art of the most, like, scary-looking supervillain ever. And, like, they put up this cool concept art of his new, like, spiky design, and all the citizens start screaming and throwing stuff around. Nice. And it was just like, you know, I really like this show. (laughs) it's kind of dumb, but man, I don't have anything negative to say about it.
0: I feel like the uh, the CGI shows that were releasing around that time all kind of had this similar vibe to them, where they were punching above their weight based on like what they you know the the, the things they had to get around right because of the, of the visuals and, and processing power, and they still managed to do a lot with the little. Like you look at Dinobots, um, or not Dinobots, Beast Wars. And then freaking um, what's that? It was based off a book, and then it had a movie. And there was Marines killing bugs. I cannot remember the name of that off the top of my head. uh, uh Starship Trooper. Starship Troopers, because that had one too. And like you had a lot more of. They were episodic, but it always seemed like they were building up to something. Like there was a bigger story at play than than what met the eye. And so it was always like. This huge treat to tune in every week to see like what was gonna happen next, even if the the story never fundamentally like moved that far ahead.
1: Oh, also Netflix did a reboot of reboot and it was just it was code Lyoko. I don't know why they called it reboot. Was it actually the just end. code Lyoko? It well it was it was technically reboot, but it was like um, it was kids in a real life high school, and then they would like plug into the mainframe and visit mainframe. Oh, but then also like a data character, like a sprite from mainframe, came out to the real world. So it was like, uh, it was like Stranger Things. Oh no, it's live action. Um, yeah, it was like, it it was it was a hodgepodge of ideas we've seen before, which yeah, I don't even know this- if it turned out. You know.
0: Yeah, like there's like a side to side with spy kids and it's like, oh, when Spy Kids, which released a lot longer ago, looks better than your modern day hey. reboot.
1: Well, I mean, you could say that about Quantumania, though. Nothing's gonna top Spy Kids 3D or Shark Boys. I, I mean Girl.
0: Rodriguez is a great director, which helps.
1: Well, okay, how about uh did you have a number four? Or is that Chowder? You're a number three? That was Chowder.
0: Number my number three is Tom and Jerry. Okay. And I feel like Woo-hoo. Tom and Jerry doesn't need a whole lot of explanation that is just some classic fucking cartooning right there cat chases mouse cat gets hurt (laughs) it's very funny
1: yeah it's a um it's a staple of that genre watching the
0: old tom and jerry's too it's so it's so well animated it's so gorgeous the way tom moves the way jerry moves um it it kinda of blows my mind like how much work went into these silly shorts where animals are basically like acting like animals and also hurting each other. Like the it is it is nuts. Like they could not cut corners with like any of that shit. It was just all hand done.
1: I love the sound design. Was wasn't everything like accompanied by piano or something?
0: Yeah, pretty much everything was accompanied by piano.
1: It was uh it I appreciated it. A lot of episodes didn't have any spoken word or they would keep it as minimal as possible. And it was just like a series of fun little moments without trying too hard to set up things. Just like, here's something. And then something funny happens. I
0: love the one where like they're playing with fireworks and like Tom is shooting like Roman candles at Jerry. and Jerry's running around and he ends up looping around and Tom swallows all the Roman candles and then explodes and it's so... It's so like that level of cartooning and it's, I don't know, it's just always fun. It is, there's something about it that is always fun and you can put Tom and Jerry in basically anything and they're going to get into hijinks and it's going to be great. And even like the movies that have come out since that aren't super great, they're still kind of fun if you catch them on TV and you're like, oh, Tom and Jerry is going to help Robin Hood. that That's stupid. And then you watch it and you're like, actually, this is this is kind of adorable. You could put, like, put you put Tom see, and Jerry in anything.
1: Yeah, you, you can even put them in blackface, which they often were. Did you see the live action Tom and Jerry? No, that looked that looked really rough. That looked rough. Uh, Doug Walker did a review on it where, uh, he pointed out a couple things where they could have edited it slightly different, and it would have fixed a lot of things. And I found that very interesting. Um, which is like. That, that is to say it's it's just the key is timing and how you present yeah. the joke and it's like i can't remember the example exactly in the scene but it's it's like a Jerry will set up something and it'll lead to a thing and then it'll pay off and it's like ha oh, now he has piano keys for teeth and then like a third character will say uh well that was crazy and then he goes back and he plays the same scene but, like, adds piano over it and then cuts that character out and it's funnier. Sure. Where it's like, oh, yeah, you could just remove things and it would literally improve the movie.
0: It would be funny to see, like, Tom and Jerry on, like, LV-426 during, like, the aliens thing. And, like, Ripley and, and Newt are, and the Marines are moving around and, like, Tom is, like, you know, got a Marine helmet and a gun and then Jerry shows up and he just drops the gun and just goes into, a, you know, a cat attack mode. Like, I would love for them to get really absurd with Tom and Jerry and put them in stuff they don't belong. Kind of like with, like, Predator. It's like, hey, you can put Predator in uh, old school, you know, the Native American days uh, with with fighting bears and stuff. And, like, that was a fantastic movie. Put Predator in with, you know, samurais or whatever. It's like, yeah, put, put Tom and Jerry, do, make him do that stuff, too cat cat chases mouse it's a tale as old as time and it can go on any planet you want
1: i do like that flexibility though They you can really put tom and jerry anywhere and it's kind of like hey you know what sign me up i'm uh, i'm really interested in what your third one is um okay i was gonna ask you to guess but you already did guess yeah I, i'm gonna ask you if you remember this opening I'm trying to get. I'm trying to remember the tempo off the top of my head. <laughs> Come with me, we'll go and see a place called Candied Island. Who needs Candied Island? It's safer at the docks. But there ain't no oh, streams of soda pop all trickling down the rocks. You got
0: that? Yeah, the Adventures of Flapjack.
1: It's a fl- Adventures of Flapjack. Um, that's an I interesting think- pick. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like a lot of people don't uh cherish Flapjack the way I do.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um to me it was the perfect cartoon in a lot of ways. It was silly. It uh it had this uh I want to say like there there were um more grown-up tones of like a bigger world without it being like, you know, mature. Sure. Because it's like, it's just that it's a boy hanging out with an alcoholic. Yes. You know, <laughs> it was like something about it. kind of felt like even as a kid, it's kind of like, yeah, this isn't right. Um, Which I found funny. Uh, the adventures they'd get in were super stupid. The faces were super stupid. Some of the artwork in this show, like not just the character designs themselves, which were clever, but there'd be just weird moments that I found fascinating how like, how, like, I don't know who designed this stuff, but he's brilliant, you know? A lot I of the jokes was, I like. I <laughs> the, Just the comedic timing. I mean, man, I love Flat Jack.
0: There, There was an interesting whimsy to that show, because like you said, I, there's almost like, if I'm remembering, like like a melancholy to it, where they're having fun, but they're also, like, really outcast-style characters. They, they don't have a lot except each other and it's like a kid and an alcoholic and they really don't want to grow up
1: I <laughs> I yeah I love how um, they were able to establish a lot of this stuff where it's it's kind of just this very nautical show where they're always at sea and the currency is candy and also candy is their alcohol like candy is the only thing of value in the whole world which is cute. It's, like, fantastical in a way. Yeah. Um, but also, it's like, it, you know, they'll just literally get drunk on candy at the bar. Like, it's just, it's it's interesting to me.
0: It's such a, uh, a, a child idea. Like, if you're playing make-believe, and it is a bunch of kids, they're like, oh, what if candy is our currency? And then it's also like, yeah, but also we want to eat the candy. And it's like, oh, shit, well, candy's now worth a lot. I think that's an interesting pick because it, it 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 aired around the same time I think Chowder did. Because I remember always seeing those two kind of yeah. like back to back.
1: Yeah, basically this and Chowder got uh, canceled for Adventure Time. Hmm. Which yeah, and and I I again with Adventure Time, I could probably put that somewhere on a list. But man, it overstayed its welcome.
0: Yeah, I I think I I didn't watch it as much, but that is kind of the vibe I get.
1: Where was that I'm, I'm looking for the one with the duck. Do you remember when there was like a duck in Flapjack? Yeah. Um it was <laughs> somehow um this this duck I I can't remember exactly why, but I think uh Captain Knuckles like put his shirt and his peg hand on a duck and like drew a smiley face on it to like fool someone into thinking that it was him. And Flapjack was, like, taking care of it. And it was, like... It, it wasn't just a duck. It was, like, a duck upside down. Yes, there it is. And so it has that this, like, is, weird uh... drawn-on mouth. And its eyes are there. And it has, like, a fake nose. And it builds yeah. on top of its head. And there's, like... There were so many shots in that episode where it's just this uncomfortable duck that doesn't want to be there. And it was, like... It was so... To me it was the funniest thing. Oh, these rat marionettes. This show had so many ugly scary things in it.
0: This show was really really trippy. Yeah, that that is um it kind of reminds me of like Courage the Cowardly Dog a little bit. Like you can tell I think they were pulling some influence oh. there. Why and it's like we're not did, trying to be I scary but we're Oh, I kind of forgot about my... I didn't have as big of an attachment to Courage as I think a lot of people, but Courage was that was some good fucking cartoons.
1: Okay, you know what? Fuck Steven Universe, courage is my five. <laughs> <Get>
0: <laughs> well, Dexter's here. Lab, because Joe brought that up the other day. He's like, hey, where do where would you put uh, Dexter's Lab? And it's like, oh shit.
1: <laughs> so see, that's the thing. I'm just kind of forgetting some of the stuff I liked. I maybe making a top five isn't hard. Um Dexter's Lab is good too, but I'm I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna pretend courage is on my list all along. Okay, how okay. about you? Uh for number two?
0: So my number two, I'm doing the I'm doing Simpsons rules. My number two is SpongeBob SquarePants, but it's largely like seasons one through three, and then the movie, and I'll allow seasons four and five, because there's some pretty good episodes in there. But once you get fur enough, farther enough out, uh, it, it just gets kind of like really surreal, mean spirited, and stupid. But the peak SpongeBob is like some of I think the best cartooning out there. It is. Fucking hysterical. It is so smart. It is fast. The animation is great. Love all the character designs. Love the the sound effects and the, the music choices. Uh I I, don't, I have like nothing but good things to say about like the first three seasons of SpongeBob.
1: Yeah, I did not put SpongeBob on my list because of the Simpsons role. That it's like there's too much bad now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is it is uh
1: um a it's, point of contention. it's so the good stuff is so good. That show's really good. Uh, I, there's I ended a... Up re- oh, no, please go.
0: Oh, I ended up re-watching it uh, with my parents and my brother not too long ago, because I have the first three seasons on DVD. And I was like, hey, we should watch Spongebob. Uh, we, we don't have anything else to watch. And, like, we all fucking enjoyed re-watching Spongebob. And just how... I don't know how crazy that show gets, but how, like, sweet and heartfelt it can get, too. I love the episode where they go ride on the boulders It's not a boulder, it's a rock The pioneers used to drive These babies for miles You know, they go deliver the fucking pizza Like, that kind of shit is so good it, every, I, That's another one I quote that, uh, that show so fucking much To my family
1: Yeah, there's a lot of very good Episodes, there's a lot of good jokes There's a lot of uh, I, I want to say um, As far as storyboarding goes Best show ever the guy that did those earlier episodes, man, he he is why SpongeBob is good, I'm convinced. And he had a good rule. And this is a bit of an animation rule for anyone out there, but I think the way he put it was for every like crazy face you do, you should have 100 normal faces. Oh, yeah, that sounds. And if you think about it, like with Ren and Stimpy, there was a lot of weird faces. And you think about Flapjack, there was a lot of weird faces. You think about SpongeBob, most of the time, characters are on model. And once in a yeah. while, you get something wild where like teeth are like, piercing lips and their eyes are bugging out. And it's startling because you don't expect it and, it. and that makes you laugh.
0: That's a really interesting point. Like I'm thinking of like the episode where uh, Sandy needs to hibernate and she's looking for SpongeBob because he's hiding. And then someone's like, I found him. And then her eyes get so big and like dilated. She's like, SpongeBob. And like that that scene fucking kills me. But it is the only yeah. time that she is like off model. Otherwise, she's like really in this hyper mode of we have to find this. We have to do this. She's very serious. And it's the only time she's not. And that's why it's so funny.
1: Yeah. And I also want to say through that whole episode, I'm not sure that SpongeBob has any overly exaggerated faces the whole time even when he's like trying to run away and most desperate they reel it in and they're they're tempered about it also there's a pantera riff in that episode which is kind of cool i think uh some of my favorite jokes are just uh stupid things that happen because they're stupid yeah. i like when squidward like uh, he like drives his bike off a cliff and he like falls a long way and say, like, ah, but he, he hits the bottom and then he explodes and they don't like go into that more. It just, he exploded. And then it's like, that's the last we see a Squidward for the whole episode. Just move on. Yup. Like that stuff was funny. Um, I, I, <laughs> I love, there was one where Plankton stole a Krabby Patty by like hiding in it with a robot. And he jumped out of someone's hand and was like, you know, ha I have it now. And he's like fleeing and it zooms out and he's actually going like so slow that anyone can just walk and catch up to him. But like at his scale, it's like powerhousing through. Yeah. And and so Mr. Krabs, like, you know, just like is following after him to go pick him up. He says, you'll never catch me, Krabs. Not when I switch to maximum overdrive. And then he just kind of like he has these horse reins. He's like, yeah, and just goes slightly slower. Or, like, or or slightly faster. Like, it's almost like you can't even recognize that It's going faster, and Mr. Krabs just picks him up. And it's, it's, uh, that dumb stuff I really like.
0: Plankton is such a fun character. I love Plankton and Squidward, but, like, I remember, like, the first time, like, Plankton gets foiled, he's like, you can't do this, I went to college. (laughs) And... I think at the you know you rewatch that and depending on where you are in life, uh, how unhappy you are with your job, what you went to college, and you're like, oh, this one hurts so bad. But also, I get it, buddy. I get it. I'm right there with you.
1: Um, I want to do. I want to show you this here. Do you ever follow uh Babish?
0: Oh God, I know this.
1: Is, is he the guy <laughs> that does like uh cooking with Babish. drinks and food? Yeah. Um, did you ever see him do the bubble bass order? No. So a lot of people don't seem to know this, but when Bubble Bass does his order, he lists off a bunch of things. Those are all actual restaurant terms. Oh. So he's actually ordering a real thing. Um, it's technically impossible. Um, but it's a it's actual like restaurant lingo. So if you went into like a diner and said, you know, uh, make it weep. That means add onions. So it was just like the joke was he was saying each of those funny jargon things. Okay. But they're all real. So what he did was he made an actual bubble bass burger. And it's just a very interesting video because I think if I recall right, he kind of does two versions. He does like an edible version where it's one patty that you can actually hold in your hand. And then he does a literal one that's like 16 patties.
0: That is a big sandwich. And he had to like...
1: he did this, like, amazing tray system to kind of, like, layer it in while it's, like, leaning over. It, it, was, it was interesting. Um, But it... it <laughs> and, of course, he makes a lot of jokes about not forgetting to add a pickle to it. I know um, the joke
0: but, in that episode. There's a bunch that stand out. But, like, yeah. when, when Bubble Bass first comes in and Squidward's like, will it be tiny, a small salad...
1: And then what was, uh, I, and I quote a lot of jokes too. Like, I mean, Spongebob became such an internet meme thing that it's like shorthand that you just get stuff. I think in Herc's discord just today, like I said something like I'm going to cry. And then someone else said, uh, that crying isn't a good emotion. And I said, is crying an emotion? And like immediately in my mind, I, I pictured Squidward saying, uh, no, horseradish isn't an emotion eater.
0: <laughs> I, I remember seeing that and that was my first thought was oh he's he's referencing Spongebob
1: <laughs> so it's uh I, I think it's deserved to put Spongebob on the list I'm glad that you did so what is your number two uh this is another one I feel like gets overlooked I'm gonna say Freakazoid
0: oh goddamn! that I totally forgot about that one that is a, I think, a really solid it, choice.
1: Yeah, Freakazoid. So it, <laughs> I'm such a hypocrite. I think Steven Spielberg is so overrated, and I hate most of his movies, and I wish people didn't put him on this pedestal that he's some sort of, like, second coming of Jesus for movies. But that said, my favorite movie is Jurassic Park, and my second favorite cartoon is Freakazoid. So. <laughs> uh, Freakazoid is very funny. And it's funny in a way that other shows aren't, and I will never forgive other shows for not being funny like Freakazoid. It's so stupid. I remember that stupid. one
0: being really stupid it, and really snappy though. Like the jokes per minute, very yeah,
1: high. That's the thing they they focus on comedy. I I remember um there was this one, uh, the episode was kind of themed. It was like a suspense horror where they're trapped on a mountaintop and there's a fog and this mysterious fog. It's like plaguing this whole area because if anyone walks into it, then the fog claims them and they come back as a clown and it's like, how do you solve this mystery? And it was like this like horror thing, but it was like, do you remember this episode at all? I, I do not. They, they had this one where, uh, there's like, there's a tram to get up to the top of the mountain. Okay. It's kind of like a ski lift, but like the, it's a encased car, you know, lift car. I don't know what the word for that is, but Freakazoid's going up to the mountain and he's there with this like weird, suspicious, like old guy. That's like a, um, like some sort of government agent or something. And I don't remember how it happened, but they're talking about, um, like how, you know, or Freakazoid mentioned how like fun it was. And he said, yeah, it's just like a Disneyland and, and then this, like, this government agent guy, like, he, like, really solemnly shakes his head. And he's like, no, they got rid of the, 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 the people mover. He's like, no! <laughs> what? Well, at least they still have the little cars you can drive around. And the guy just puts his hand on Vigazoid's shoulder, and Frigazoid's like, no, and screaming. <laughs> and then they <laughs> keep doing callbacks, or like, he, he'll he'll meet with the professor at the top of the mountain. And the professor's explaining what's going on. And Freakazoid it starts crying. He's like, no, no, my boy, we'll solve it. He's like, no, I was, I was just thinking about the cars at Disneyland. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I, I heard. But look, the, 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 those engineers at Disney, they'll always think of something new and it will be better. And it's just like, it's stuff like that. I love the running gags. Um, I love Cosgrove in every episode. Like, no matter what's going on at some point, Like, his best friend is just this fat cop that will show up and say, hey, Freakazoid, uh, you want to go down to the the, uh, burger place and get a shake? And he's like, yeah, okay. And they'll just stop whatever they're doing and go get a shake and talk about what's going on. And it's like, for some reason, it's always funny. (laughs) Like, you think you'd get tired of it. But it would be wrong if he didn't happen.
0: There's an art to like the running gag and the callback. I know not a cartoon, but like Mike and Tom Eat Snacks, that podcast, we've talked about that before. But they have a handful of just like running jokes that they always do. And you you listen to a new episode, you're like, okay, when are they going to do the bit? And then they do the bit, and you're like, yes, I like this bit. And you just get like really attached to it, you get excited for it. And I don't know how you make it work that well, but I know, like, once you do, it's awesome. And so there's definitely, like, an art form to to making that work.
1: Yeah. Um, There was another one I really liked was... uh, (laughs) There was an odd episode where Freakazoid had this problem where he was short-circuiting and he was transforming into random celebrities. And so he was like, hey, until I get this fixed, I can't do any crime fighting. And then coincidentally that night he's going on a date with his girlfriend and so he doesn't want anything bad to happen and then coincidentally uh, his arch nemesis the lobe shows up and the lobe's bored so he wants to have like a crazy like a villain caper or something but he can't think of anything to do and like there's this whole like musical number where everyone's like welcoming the lobe in do you remember this i do not it's been a and really was, long time it, it was uh it was special. It was also I I believe that they did a handful of uh I'm gonna say spiteful casting decisions to against the studio. Because every time the studio would cut their budget, then they would like bring in as many people as possible so that they had to pay them all for the full episode. Oh. And so it was one of those where like they had a bunch of like people in it and it was like it was kind of a behind the scenes laugh at like, haha, we're doing a whole musical number, it's gonna cost them more. Um, But there's a part where like the lobes doing this musical number and he's happy. And then it cuts to his goons that are waiting outside by the car. And one of them just kind of leans over to the other one says, that is one happy man. (laughs) But then that became a running gag where every time the lobe did something that made him happy, it would cut back to that guard and he would just say the same thing. And it was like, it was so stupid and it was just kind of filling time and padding out the episode and it's like I want to do that in my cartoon. It was perfect. They got the timing perfect. They didn't do it too much. They did it at a couple of inane moments. Where you're like, wait, why did we cut to that now? It was funny. Yep. So yeah, I, I give a lot of props to Freakazoid. That's a good that's a good pick. I I, I should rewatch that uh, at some point. Just it has
0: been an extremely long time. Um I think my that number, means one pick, number one. My number one pick is Gravity Falls, which you guessed. Uh earlier on the show
1: also on my list of top 10 openings
0: yeah i think uh gravity falls kind of encompasses a lot about what i like about cartoons and just puts them all in one thing so you get a lot of like really witty snappy jokes you get a lot of great animation you get um these kind of just episodic things and adventures that don't go anywhere but are just a great time but then you also have this overarching story that slowly builds to like a really well done emotional climax uh it's absurd it's surreal but at the same time like it's not exaggerated it is you know like everybody's on model most of the time uh it it it'll swing for the fences with like kind of adult jokes that kids aren't going to get and then it'll like double down on like kid jokes that adults will still find funny it's just kind of this like perfect show done in two seasons and then it's over it doesn't overstay its welcome all the characters are great they're Really well rounded by the end, and you're like, how did you fit so much into such a small space? Like, it, it's like magic. It, 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 I don't, I still don't know how it does it. it. It is crazy how well done every aspect of that show is.
1: Art design too. All the characters are designed interesting. They're all fun and cute to look at. Yep. Uh, voice
0: acting is also great.
1: Yeah, voice acting is really good. Um, the color palette and everything is very nice. It's, it's very, uh, it's very cute. How they will do like supernatural adventures, but there's points where it also kind of feels dire. Like, hey, this is serious though. Like, it's it's still a light hearted thing, but it's like it's not so goofy that you just assume everything will work out.
0: Yeah, I mean, like at one point they they go into like a lab and basically fight the thing, and that episode gets pretty tense because that thing turns into fucked up monsters, and it's like, well, we can't let this get out because that would be horrible. But then there's another episode where, like, I think they travel back in time and meet the a, a president that the FBI like has sponged from the records because he was so stupid and he tried to like create like a thirty cent piece or like a a dollar thirty coin or something like that. I can't quite remember the joke, and it was just really really dumb. And and so it can go back and forth between those. Those things. Some of the supernatural stuff gets crazy and is really clever and weird. There's like some time travel stuff. There's aliens and and monsters. And then like some of the mundane stuff is really sweet. They're like, oh, we're going to an outdoor festival, you know, concert. And uh your friends are gonna be there, and the girl you're crushing on is gonna be there. And you have like this really nice dichotomy of of things that can happen.
1: I also feel like it's one of those shows that, um, and and I think the best cartoons are like this, but it's like accessible to anybody. Hmm. Uh, you, you get the sci-fi itch out of it. Um, there's, there's uh, clever enough writing that as an adult you can appreciate it, but nothing's trying too hard that a kid might get bored out of it.
0: Yeah, I think too. One of the reasons why the balance maybe works is like. You watch like Scooby-Doo and it, run, it runs the same formula every time and you're like, OK, they're going to go in a scary place and they're going to mask a villain. And so when you have like a little bit of that, but then you have like other stuff every time a villain shows up, it's like an event. And so I think it plays its cards really well. And there I know there are certain episodes like I think it's the second or third one in the first season where they're looking for a sea monster And they end up finding something like totally different than the sea monster. It's like, you know, old man Jenkins driving a sea monster mechazord, which is a funny twist. But like most of that episode, they're not doing anything other than wandering around. And it just survives off the comedy, either the either written or visual. And it's really cool how funny that episode is, because the commentary is like, yeah, no one really notices that nothing happens in this episode. This is like a terrible episode of the show. But people really like it. It's like, it's because it's fucking hysterical.
1: I think that's a real good pick.
0: I want to know what Cameron's real good pick is.
1: I wonder if you'll think it's strange if I, I said it. But my pick, Um, the, the reason I really picked it is because it's like, it's kind of just, it's sweet to focus on like, you know, friendship. And just going outside and going on an adventure. And the you know the interesting people that you meet along the way, and maybe they're not your friends yet, but you know they come around. Um, I uh, for my number one, I picked Ed Ed and Eddie.
0: Oh hell yeah!
1: It's uh, it's weird because I feel like Ed Ed and Eddie is on anyone's number one cartoon slot, but when you pitched this. And I said, I'm having trouble coming up with cartoons. My list was literally just Ed and Eddie and nothing else. <laughs> like, this came to mind so fast where it's like, well, of course I have to put that on there. And I think there's a very, like, there's a rawness to it where it feels like people having fun while they made it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's like a weird sloppiness to it that comes from the limitations that they had. And I, I actually like, I met the people that worked on it at Comic Con once. And it's like, they're just so, they're so chill and they just have fun with stuff. And they talked about how hard it was to make the show pretty much. Um, uh, Ed and Eddie is literally the last cartoon to air that was made on traditional ink and paint and oh, cells. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, in fact, the final season, they had to transition to digital because it was the only way to like get the budget approved. Sure. Um, but they were like going out of their way to go like, no, 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 we want to do it this way. Um, They had a lot of trouble recording because what they would do is they would have the voices of Ed, Ed, and Eddie go in the booth together. And then they would have other characters go in the booth together. It's like they only had the actors on certain days. So it's like they just planned it that way. And so you get, like, a lot of a lot of the dialogue in that show, it's so messy. Because there's not even conversations. It's just people taking turns saying their lines. And it feels oh, wow. that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a lot of scenes are, like, establishing shots. And someone will walk by and go, wow, that looks great. I don't like it. What is this? This is stupid dorks. I think it's groovy. And you're like, what? And then, like, just the random sound effects that would play... <laughs> for anything it was like there's something about it that was so raw that it touched me as an artist where i found it much more charming than anything that's polished to perfection Um, it
0: definitely had an aesthetic and a vibe that nothing else at the time had and it worked really well because it was set just kind it was just set in like a a suburban cul-de-sac like it was summer vacation it was kids hanging out and it had that, you know, everyone was dirty and it looked kind of dirty, but it's like, well, yeah, like they're they're kids on summer break. They're they're biking and, and getting into mischief and not taking showers like it. All of the decisions like, you know, that they had to do to get around budget and, and, and creative stuff like ultimately really served the show.
1: Did you ever see the movie they did for the finale?
0: Yeah, it was good. It was like really kind of like emotionally heartfelt for like Ed, Ed and Eddie, which is which was kind of nice.
1: Yeah, and it's also the kind of thing where it feels unearned because the show was emotional. So, it's like, oh, they're trying this? Is that what it's going to be? And then it's done so well that, like, by the ending, it was like, man, this is so great. And it just really touched me. And, uh, yeah, I, so I don't feel bad putting it at an Eddie on number one. But I also understand why people kind of dismiss it. Because it's kind of just noise and stupid.
0: A little bit. Once you um, mentioned but that's the, really the charm. Once you mentioned that, like, the characters, there's not a lot of conversations. I started, like, playing episodes in my head real quick. because like scenes I remember off the top of my head. And it is a lot of, like, characters talking kind of past each other to move the plot or gag along. At the same time, though, it kind of, like, all of their personalities are built sort of around that. Like, they're friends yeah. almost like in spite of each other not despite each other you know or like they're they're such outcasts and they don't really fit together and that's why they're friends
1: yeah it was also I don't remember you know what I probably should have saved this Herc found this artist that did these really good interpretations of the whole cast as adults and a lot of that stuff gets kind of cringy or whatever and it's kind of like yeah whatever this guy did such a good job it looked real. Because he captured the characters so well. I think part of it is because the cast at Ed -Ed and Eddie does have such, like, strict uh, archetypes that it's believable that they fall into certain categories, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I really like that. Um, Yeah, I like Ed -Ed and Eddie.
0: I I could, there's a lot to like, like. I love how much, like, larger than life everything they try to do is. Like, they're stuck in their town they're no one really likes them because they're the weird ones and like every plan they come up with is so much bigger than like it has any right to be and then anything in that town would ever be and it, it was so imaginative and it just kind of like felt like oh when you're a kid hanging out with your friends on summer break trying to get into mischief and like you're the things you imagine doing just take you so much further than the things you can actually do it, it really hit a specific uh I do like time in my life. Like it felt like such a, a snapshot that
1: I really appreciate that show a lot. Do you remember the one where they built a whole city? Yeah, that was cute because it was like a whole like city of cardboard, but it's like they get lost in the city and just like uh, it was cardboard boxes stacked in an alleyway. But you end up going on this adventure where they left the cul-de-sac and they didn't really but it, it was like it was very funny. I don't know. They they had some interesting concepts in that show. But yeah, that's my list. I got a weird list. And it's also weird I because we both... I like... I I don't know. Like, if this is a top 10 list, I feel like I would rearrange some stuff. Sure. After stuff, you, you reminded me of uh, Invader Zim and Courage.
0: Um. Before we move on to like a glad space, I, I want to read off Emily's list because I, I told her she should be part of this. Uh, hers was steven universe the owl house gravity falls adventure time and then she-ra and the princesses of power and i think it's kind of funny how steven universe the owl house and gravity falls end up coming up a lot because haru's um who also gets me to watch a lot of cartoons his was steven universe the owl house ducktales kippo and then hilda i don't know those last two at all
1: i mean do they watch anything that's older than five years ago
0: that was also kind of my takeaway with both of these is... Um,
1: and I don't mean that as a slight because I'm going to be honest. I think cartoons have gotten better. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I, I think it, a lot of creatives that grew up on cartoons are like, I'm going to make a cartoon and they know what they're doing.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting. I like the storytelling has gotten better. I think people have gotten a lot more interesting and creative with character design. Um, Just a lot of like the, the the medium itself has like grown a lot over the last 20 years. So it doesn't surprise me that things are like maybe objectively better. But at the same time, like I don't know, like the nostalgic connection to things like SpongeBob or uh Tom and Jerry. Like I, it's weird that I could never get rid of those things. Like like you'd need a real good hacksaw uh to make me, you know, think like some of these shows are better than, than those than Spongebob. It's I, just like I know ah, this is not gonna thing- happen.
1: Yeah, I noticed the trend on mine. All these shows are shows that inspire me to do art.
0: Oh, hell yeah. I get that.
1: Um now I do have two more shows that neither of us brought up and I was curious if you would or not. Okay. Uh Teen Titans.
0: I I remember really liking Teen Titans when it was airing and when I was like of the age to really like it. I'm told if you go back that there are a decent amount of duds in there or just like uh Corners cut when it comes to like animation And storyboarding just cause they could only do So much with their budget and it doesn't quite Hold up as well as you think it does I don't know if that's true think, or not
1: I think you were told that by me Okay <laughs> Um. Now this one might be more controversial But Avatar
0: I remember that's another one I, I almost this is gonna be a shitty thing It's gonna piss me off I almost think of that more of like As an anime than I do as a Cartoon
1: Okay I, so it's funny I, I feel like uh, a lot of people categorize Teen Titans as western anime um, the same way that they do Avatar Okay I feel like that trend kind of died off but there was a period where like, anime was doing so much better than anything else that it's like well we gotta try and emulate this somehow
0: I never finished Avatar Um, not for the lack of trying it just at the time when it was airing watching a cartoons uh you had to do it when they released and you had to be in front of the tv or you missed an episode and i think at a certain point i i I missed too many and i fell off and it was partially my fault and partially like you know school or work or whatever was going on at the time i would like to rewatch it because what i remember of that show is really really good it's just and i think maybe if i had seen the whole thing it would have made the list but then I was like, well, if I do it, you know, I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't really strike me as like what I think of in terms of like cartoons. It's definitely more of like when I think of anime, it, it plays in that in that pool instead and is partly the visuals, but it's also a lot just the, the adventuring type. It is the storytelling type, the character types, uh, the superpowers, things like that. Just it's not really, you know, it's not at Ed and Eddie. It's very different. I am a little surprised. Um, no one mentioned uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, because I know that show has come up a decent amount on this podcast.
1: I was just about to say the same exact thing about Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Chad, do you have a glad space?
0: I do. Um, we uh, over the, uh, It was back in December. We started what I guess is called an infinity bottle, where when you buy bourbon, you put a shot in a bottle, and you fill it all up, and you give this big mixed batch of bourbon. Uh, we finally tried that this week and it was really good. That was super fun to do. Um, the flavor palette of this like 18 shots that don't make any sense together is really fun. It smells so strong of vanilla and caramel. It tastes like really bright and fruity, but then it's got like this really dark, long burn as you swallow it that just lingers for like 10 or 15 seconds. And and so it's got a lot of like neat things I like about bourbon in one swallow it's not my favorite bourbon I've ever had, but it is very good and it's very like it's an experience to drink. So this has been really fun to do and then finally get to try it, uh, even though it's technically sober April. And, you know, sometimes I want to drink on Monday. Uh, and and so that was that was fun. That was my glad space this week.
1: Uh, mine is uh, they just announced a new Inspector Gadget game. Oh,
0: that's unexpected.
1: Yeah, um, that's not that's not my real glad face though. We got uh not an announcement, but a date for Armored Core Six, and I, there's been a lot of people waiting on the edge of their seats because you know, like uh, From Software kind of got popular in the past few years. I guess I'm
0: not super plugged into that, so I didn't know that was getting popular.
1: They well, no, they make Dark Souls. Oh. Which is effectively a new genre that has dozens of copycats on top of their award-winning, highly-selling games. Yeah. So, it's been a while. Uh, When was the last Armored Core? They basically uh, haven't done Armored Core in a while. (laughs) They've been doing these Souls games. Uh, Armored Core 5? So, Armored Core 5 came out in 2012. That has been a while. Uh, It's been a while, and we've just had these Souls games. And I know a couple people that are kind of like, I wonder if they'll ever make a new Armored Core. Yeah, these Souls games are good. I wonder if they'll ever do an Armored Core. So they finally said, hey, yeah, Elden Ring was like a joke we did on the side. We're actually working on Armored Core 6. And it's like, oh, this is really exciting. Armored Core fans are coming out of the woodwork like, what? They said what? And all these uh, Souls fans are like, it's just like a Souls-like, but with robot." And that raised the question of, is this going to be an Armored Core sequel, or is it just going to be like more of the same stuff we've been getting for a while? So they put out a trailer, and man, that trailer, it looks like Armored Core. <laughs> it's, uh, it is not a Souls-like. It is Armored Core. And I think, uh, I think people are going to bounce off it really hard, but the people that appreciate it are going to appreciate it for the right reasons. So, man, I am looking forward to uh, August this year. Hey, that's around the corner. That's around the corner. I wonder uh, if Joe will play that. I I don't know. Does he like Armored Core? No, but he likes the other games they've made. I mean, he likes a lot of things. So th- this uh, this might fall in his wheelhouse. He has a pretty wide net, I think. Yeah. But yeah, that's um that was maybe my glad space this week. Had a fun chat today, though.
0: Yeah, this is uh, this is fun. I uh, I always enjoy talking about cartoons. I I was really surprised we hadn't done this before. <laughs>
1: I'm I so I want to I want to close out with a PSA from one of my favorite son uh, not Sonics, my favorite cartoons. Uh, did you ever see that PSA where where Mario was talking about crack? Um. I don't think
0: I've seen that one. I feel like we've watched a handful of PSAs where, where cartoon characters tell kids not to smoke crack.
1: Yeah, there was one where it, it's um it's Mario and it's like, hey kids, don't smoke crack. Cause when you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. <laughs> and it's weird seeing that come out of Mario's face while you're you're trying to eat your cereal.
0: Honestly, that's uh that's a pretty good like tagline for hard drugs though. I, I... It is. <laughs> That's an it's attention just,
1: getter. It's good. It's just one of those where, like, wow, thanks, Mario. I I think um, I don't mind these as much. Like when PSAs get real extreme, if it's about like getting kidnapped or potentially murdered or hard drugs, I don't mind the the extreme examples what gets me is the ones where it's like uh like smoking a cigarette <laughs> and they treat it like if you even if you make eye contact with the cigarette your penis falls off and it's like what do you, what cuz it kind of deflates the whole thing a bit i don't do they still do those i haven't seen that kind of psa in a long time um there's a lot of right now there's mostly anti vape psas because I think that statistically kids don't smoke cigarettes as much. Right. Um, and man, people are, are always harassing cigarette companies. Uh, have you seen those ones where like, I, I don't remember what country it was. It might be in the UK where it's like, it's a law that cigarette boxes have to have like a picture of a sad dying child on the box who has like lung cancer or something as like a reminder of like what secondhand smoke can do to a pregnant woman or something and it's like that's on the box and so when you open it to get a cigarette out you have to see a dying child
0: that'll get you really callous to dying children really fast if you're uh, addicted to, I was about to and say, don't give
1: that much of a shit i was about to say because i saw this funny picture where someone it's like a a statue of Jesus at a church somewhere. And he kind of, he's doing that, like uh, that Catholic pose where like the hand is up. Yeah. And the picture was a guy like offering a box of cigarettes to him. And it just kind of looked like he was at a party going like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) But on the box, there's that dying child. And I'm thinking how like this guy's posing for a funny picture and there's a dead child in the picture. Like that's how dull that (laughs) we've gotten to dying children on cigarette boxes. Yeah. I say that like I smoke all the time. Why am I still talking? Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. And remember, when you share opinions or cheap with your friends, you go to hell before you die. I'm Captain Lou Albano talking to you about drugs. Kids, don't be afraid to say no. Anyone that asks you to use drugs is not your friend. Drugs can and will kill. Remember, don't be afraid to turn to your priest, your rabbi, your minister, your moms, your dads, your teachers, because drugs can kill. And if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. Please.